1: com. Uh-uh,
0: don't touch that dial. There's excitement galore coming up in the next hour when you'll hear the police commissioner of Midland City tell his secretary... Uh, I think I'm going to lunch. ...during another exciting episode of Chicken Man.
2: He's everywhere! He's
0: everywhere! The most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known.
1: I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday, each day with a different theme. Wednesdays are all about detectives, like Detective Danny Clover. On Broadway is My Beat. This episode originally aired on July 3rd, 1950, and this is called The Frank Conroy Murder Case. (laughs)
3: Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, the thrilling drama of murder and mystery and the people who walk the great white way, starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. <laughs> morning, a kind of silence touches Broadway. The color has been squeezed from it, drained, spent by the wanton night. The neon is still in the spectacular sleep. The scavengers walk soft, grubbed furtively in the refuse of the night. And if you listen close, you can hear the wind. And it's the same wind that purrs through ruins. At headquarters, you welcome Broadway's silence, but you know it'll splinter in your face. And it does. Its shape is a slip of paper tossed carelessly on your desk. On it are written the words... Homicide, Olympian Hotel, room 312.
1: And Broadway is awake now. It's starting a new day.
3: At the Olympian Hotel, you walk down a corridor that's been painted in a color that won't offend anybody. And then a door opens to you, and a voice designed not to frighten you welcomes you into a room lately furnished with death.
4: Come in. Come in, please. Uh, from headquarters, I presume? And you? Matthew Porter, Yale 47. Head of the Crime
3: Detection Bureau for the management. (laughs) This is my first murder. Shot. Forty-five, I think. Who was he, a guest? Not likely. Oh, I took the liberty of going through his pockets for identification, of course. I find he is a Frank Conroy. Obviously one of those people from Texas. The high-heeled boots, that ten-gallon monstrosity over there on the bed. They wear those things. (laughs) Died with his boots on, eh? Classic... And this? Courtesy of the management? The roulette wheel? Of course not. Gambling in the rooms is positively forbidden at the Olympian. But this is a roulette wheel, I'd swear it, Mr. Porter. Maybe the Texan brought it with him. You know Texas millionaires. Oil, steers, women, roulette, the black and the red. You say he wasn't a guest. Never saw him before. How he got in without my notice, I don't know. Whose room is this? Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Henry Sherwood. Stocks and bonds. Inoffensive chap. A moment, please yes oh thank you strange a telegram addressed to an Eddie Donald care of this room open it But um, open o- it read it aloud <coughs> uh. dear Eddie stop Arrived flight 12 from Cleveland stop 1115 this morning stop hope you had good rest stop ha ha stop signed Henry Sherwood what time is it now uh, 10-3, on the nose. Uh, That gives me an hour. You'll be courteous to the public servants when they come for the dead Texan, won't you, Yale? It took just about that hour to get to LaGuardia. Four-engine plane from Cleveland made a storybook landing, and the people who walked through its door made storybook exits. Pause at the door, smile, wave, and walk down the ramp. The stewardess stood there checking off each performance. I asked her who was Henry Sherwood, and she pointed out a little man with a briefcase who was just going off the field. Sherwood! Henry Sherwood! Hey! Sure your name Sherwood? Who are you? Police. Are you Henry Sherwood? Police. Say, what is this? You're registered at the Olympian Hotel, room 312. Yes, I am. Who's Eddie Donald? Eddie Donald? What's he got to do with the police? We're looking for him. What's he got to do with you? Why, why, I I lent him my suite while I was in Cleveland. I called him and told him he could live like a king in my suite for the week I was away. He acquiesced. All right. Where does Eddie Donald usually live? In a hotel. (laughs) Ha, ha. On West 59th. Let me think up just there. You'd do that, Mr. Sherwood, on the way down to headquarters. It didn't take Mr. Sherwood all the way down to headquarters to think of it. He thought of Eddie Donald's address just as I was lifting him into the squad car. He wriggled and said I could let him go now. I said they'd point a finger at me if I did. At headquarters, Mr. Sherwood said he'd take up police brutality with the Stock Exchange, the Governor, the State Department. When he got to Drew Pearson, I walked out. Eddie Donald's hotel was run by a sweet and charming lady. Everybody told her she was that, so she told me.
5: Just call me Mom, Mr. Clover. Everybody calls me that. It's because I treat my boys like as if they was my own son. missus told me I... What's the matter? You got monkeys in your ears? I told you to call me Mom. Okay,
3: okay, Mom. Eddie Donald is he home?
5: Eddie, now what do you want with this, sweet Eddie? All I
3: want is, is he home?
5: Eddie brings me candy. On Mother's Day, he brings me flowers. Go on, Mr. Clover, talk to Mom about Eddie.
3: We want him for murder.
5: <laughs> murder? Why, that dirty lowdown, no good. The flowers he brought me, they stunk. The candy he picked up off a subway seat. Oh. He's a week behind in his rent, and he has well, the gall take, to commit murder. Take it easy,
6: Mom. <laughs>
3: Where is he?
5: Wherever he is, I hope it's crawling. Look for the shame he brought to my hotel. He's not here? No. He didn't come home all week. Every night I waited for him to bring me a bop. He didn't come home, Mr. Mom. you
3: mind if I take a look?
5: He looked at his green face. Come on. This is his room. As of now, it's got a sign on it. Room to let half price. Show that, Eddie. Mm.
3: This picture.
5: September. A month in the altogether I ever seen. Now comes November. (laughs) She don't even look cold.
3: It's framed. The calendar part's been cut off. To Eddie, it says, forever and ever. No signature. You ever seen the girl before?
5: Only in shop windows and on counters and magazines all over the country. You like
3: her? Mm, the artist. Magna. A Magna girl. Mind if I take the picture with me?
5: You lonely boy. Take it. Mom says you can take it.
3: Thanks, Mom. Ah! I beg your pardon. Ah! Whose name is Magna around here? But I am. My studio, my artistry, my cocktail party for my one-man show. But I am. (laughs) A joke. Uh, A joke? No. I was just asking. Are you taking the tour? Come, I will show you Magna. Here. On this pedestal is the trunk of a small tree on which Magna first came. Uh I think you misspelled the word there. Ah, you saw it. You saw it. Have murder extracted the essence of the word and set it down for the world to applaud. Oh, you, you primitive, you saw it. Stop jumping up and down, Mr. Bank. I want to ask you a couple of questions. You don't understand my art? I understand your calendars. You are not a primitive after all. Yeah, take a look at this one. I brought it along. Magna does not autograph reproduction. Who is this girl who modeled for this painting? As it is printed on top. November, model for it. Yeah, but what's her name? November. I forgot to tell you I'm from the police, Mr. Man. November, post for the painting. A touch of gold, a sniff of sorrow, dead, dying days. All embodied in a woman. I found one. You're a cop? I found November one day at a model agency. Who is she? Nelson. Liz Nelson. A pedestrian name for November, yes? No? Hmm. Where do I find her? Uh, Liz Nelson. Her address? Her address. I will write it down for you. Don't extract the essence for me, Mr. Magna. Just the number in the street. What else?
7: The fuller brush man, go away. If you want me to sign a petition, go away. Whatever's eating you, go away.
3: I'm from the police, Miss Nelson.
7: Oh, yeah. Now I can tell. I can tell by the way you put your foot in the door. Police or a mature college boy working his way through a mature college.
3: Let's go inside, Miss Nelson.
7: All right, let's go inside. The bed, it looks like that because I live in it. When I'm not working, that is. Every minute. That way I stay bewitched. The police want me to pose to improve their public relations. That's why you're here. Eddie
3: Donald. You know him, Miss Nelson? Uh-huh. Then maybe you can tell me where he is. Uh-uh. If you can, tell me about him. Uh-huh. Tell me.
7: You first. You tell me what? Murder. Uh-huh. Well, let's see now. I know Eddie for, oh, let's see, four years now. Two years of that, he was in Dannemora Prison. Why? I never followed his career, so I don't know why. After that? He called me. Lots of times. That's the number where I could reach him. Sometimes I'd call back. It depended on my schedule and my mood.
3: When was the last time the schedule permitted? Oh,
7: about three months ago. I got it penciled in in my little black book.
3: Frank Conroy, a man from Texas. He in the book?
7: He's dead, isn't he? I read about
3: it. Is he in the book?
7: Uh-uh. First I heard of him, he was dead.
3: And Eddie Donald, when was the last time you saw him?
7: I told you, three months ago. You
3: inscribed a picture to him. Forever and ever, it said. A calendar picture.
7: The cost of my beauty. Men look at my picture and they want me to belong to them forever and ever. Sometimes it's for always. I put down what they tell me. Oh. Uh, let's not answer it, huh?
2: Uh-uh.
3: Oh, Eddie? Eddie?
2: Hmm? Uh,
4: I figured you'd be there. This is Jack Perry. I'll make it easy for you. Try room B, 1829, Was 47.
3: Who was it? Uh-uh. Miss Nelson. you came, Realer. Who are you? Police. Danny Clover. I did what? Can I come in? No. Your name, Jack Perry? State your business right from there. That's how your muscle got you in my real importantly. Look, Perry, I'm trying to find out who killed a man from Texas. What voice whispered my name is Perry? You did. What else did I do? Over the phone when you called Liz. Spare me the method, police. I got it for you already. Your muscle lifted the phone said it was Eddie Donald. You're real anxious to talk to Eddie, aren't you? Real. Real. Why? I'm that way. Mind if I sit down? Let's go, Perry. I got a squad car outside. All for me? The police are looking for Eddie. Maybe you'll help. Let's go yeah sure, I'll help. You. I'll help you from here. all right. Eddie's got a lot of money that's mine. It's a reason for a man wanting to see a man. How much money? What's the difference? A lot? You know what, police? Someone's in back up. Yeah, I know. Let's go.
5: <laughs> Someone is
3: Let's go. <laughs> His laughter mixed well with pain. It came in tides and swelled and rolled over me. And the thing that pounded at my brain was the thing that exploded and showered down like a million nickels. Bright, colored red and green and black. And then everything stopped. It came back again, later. And I opened my eyes. The color the thing in the room was the same. The pattern of frayed furniture and dust. And Jack Perry was still there. Only, he he was different. He wasn't laughing anymore. He couldn't. He'd been shot to death. forsake Broadway, life still goes on. They're the score to consider. And the hop dogs with everything. And for exercise, you can now dial Nassau County. As if this weren't enough, Broadway offers another diversion. Double killing. This time backdrop to the roulette wheel. And a police officer got slugged at the scene of the crime. Broadway tucks the protesting wiener back into the role. Takes another bite and chews appreciatively. Later, at police headquarters, Sergeant Tagliat summed it all up.
4: This is something you can stick your teeth into, Danny. Uh, what is? It's this sticky apple Mrs. Tartaglia packed with my lunch. Mmm, it's tasty and good.
3: I'm sure it is, Gino, but I got a headache. I've just come from the infirmary, and Dr. Sinsky said I'd feel a lot better if I didn't have any emotional disturbances for a while. So let's all pitch in and help Dr. Sinsky, huh?
4: Uh, Roger, we'll go. Thank you. Well, to work we go. To work, in the matter of Frank Conroy from Texas, he is indeed from Texas. Police authorities in Texas sent a 500-word telegram to us to that effect. 500 words? Indeed. It states that Frank Conroy is an esteemed owner of oil wells and well-known in Galveston. The rest of the telegram is about Texas. Go on. In the matter of Jack Perry, the man who was killed under your very nose, was a man known to all and sundry as a man who delighted in floating games of chance. That's what on him. All right.
3: Tell me about the man we're looking for, Eddie Donald.
4: An all-points bulletin is out on him at this very moment. What else? Eddie Donald was released in Dannemora nine to six months ago after serving a two-year stretch for assault and battery.
3: before he went to jail,
4: Pataglia. No, hearsay has it that this same Eddie Donald was a stealer for the gambling industry. Precisely speaking, for Mark Oslo.
3: Yeah, and hearsay has it that Mark Oslo isn't operating anymore.
4: You believe that, Danny?
3: No. I've never been able to get anything on him. Pataglia. Yeah? Does Oslo still live at the same address?
4: I checked that already, Danny, and yeah, he does. In that tumble-down shack on Park Avenue. Hey, Danny, I brought you one, too. I was hiding a sticky apple behind my back. The
3: shack of Mark Oslo occupied five floors of a gilt-edge apartment house where dogs were walked by student psychiatrists. On the first floor of his hovel, something in silk, knee breeches and epaulets held a candelabra to your badge, sighed profoundly, adjusted its wig, and ushered you into a private elevator. On the second floor, you caught a glimpse of a library with real books, thousands of them. On the third floor, a girl with ashen hair and leg slits in her mandarin robe waved joy to you as you floated up. On the fourth floor, a chef sniffing a chafing dish took time to consider you as a potential soft, rejected you. And then you were on the fifth floor... The mate of the thing in silk knee breeches led you through a luster of elegant men and women in silent prayer at a roulette table. Be with you, madame, monsieur. Be with you. Then Mark be with Oslo extended a glittering hand to you, and you didn't take it. No, Danny. You don't shake my hand, and it sets up a melody of sorrow in my heart. Cry a tear, Mark. I'd like to see it. <laughs> You'd be the first. You want a tear, Danny? I could arrange it. You could. Having a party, Mark? You mean my friends at the table? They're playing for matchsticks, Danny. Literally, matchsticks. Come along, Danny. I'll show you. Don't bother. No? Your pleasure, Danny. I should get back to my guest. State your pleasure. Eddie Donald. Eddie Donald. Mark Oslo knows such a man? Yeah, Mark Oslo does. Shall I freshen it up for you, Mark? Uh, No need, Danny. Thank you. It'll come back. Eddie Donald. Oh, yes. You want him for murder, and you come to me for help. For Eddie Donald, not for what you said, Mark. He was a good boy. Came to work on time, conscientious. Stuffed the suggestion box with suggestions. I read a few, not bad. I sent word down for him to keep trying. Where is he, Mark? My chef baked some delicacies for him. I had them sent to Eddie at Denamara. After that, we lost touch. Not even a thank you note from Eddie. Um, it calls, it calls. A man named Frank Conroy, what does that do to you, Mark? The dead Texan, nothing at all. Someone pointed it out to me while I was having a rub, and it didn't do anything at all. Jack Perry, try him. A fellow my friend sent a wreath. I paid for it. Should I have done more? Oh, of course. You were hurt in that one, weren't you, Danny? Name your favorite charity. Eddie Donald, Mark. That's all I want. Send the word around. Get him to me. You're ordering me, Danny? Yeah. Surprise you? No, I find it rather delightful. I'll tell you what, Danny... Mark Oslo will see what he can do and the footman will show you out. Goodbye, Danny. On the way back down on the elevator, I caught a glimpse of the girl in the Mandarin robe again. This time, she was eating a hamburger. I was disenchanted about the whole thing. I called headquarters. Nothing on Eddie Donald. Phoned cab garages. Nothing spent a few more hours dropping in on back rooms and dropping the name of Eddie Donald. Blank stairs. Then I went home and slept on it. And the way it happened was simple. The next morning I walked out of the door there was a hand on my sleeve by the time I stepped onto the pavement. Hi, Danny. Benny Fane. <laughs> You're looking good, Benny. Yeah, 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 I am. I, I'm, uh, I'm on my way to work. How do you like that? <laughs> I like it. What happened? I kicked it, Danny. Off the stuff. Got a job. Look at me. Fifty-dollar suits,
4: suede shoes. Uh-huh. What by long jeans. Beautiful. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm credit, Danny, but I'm going to pay for it. Legitimate job. Publishing.
3: Huh? Publishing what? Well, but anyhow, uh, Danny, the reason I've been waiting for you on my way to work is because I never let my old friends down, so you never let them down. Still working for you. Now, don't call it stewing, Danny. I can't stand that word. Nobody called it anything, Danny.
4: Okay, okay. Now, look. Try the Bronx, Danny, if you want to find Eddie Dolman. Hmm? You know where those guys build them shacks by the river? Those guys, those guys out of work?
3: Or well, try to run with the bull drum sign for a, for a front door. Come on in, pal. Oh, it's not a pal. No, Eddie. I'd appreciate it if you tell me your name. It slips the memory. Danny Clover, police. That's right, Danny Clover. <clears throat> you, you are the slug who wants me for the murder of, uh, let me think now, Frank Conroy from Texas and uh, Jack Perry from Stinko, right? Uh-huh. Let's go, Eddie. Gladly. Huh? I said I will go with you gladly. However, if you should care to listen to my side for a minute, I think this courtesy will not go unrewarded. You haven't got much time, Eddie. Not even enough to give you the for-real murder of those two? The real murderer, Eddie? For real. Interested? Maybe. A story goes with it, Mr. Clover. That Texan. He shouldn't have died. It wasn't planned that way. No? No, Mr. Uh, mind if I call you Danny? Go ahead. It, it, it was like this, Danny. I took a rap in Danamora. I know. Yeah. Then Perry put salt in the wound. While I am in the crib, he purloins my girl. Go on. Well, look at me, Danny, how little I am. Can't knock over mosquito. But one night in a bar, I meet a Texan. He wants to fight. I figure who better he should beat up than Jack Perry from Stinkville. This can be so easy arranged. By that roulette game in the Olympian.
4: Exactly, exactly. This is a game rigged by Perry. The same night, he tells me, go get a sucker for old time's sake.
3: No hard feelings. I got a hotel room courtesy of a friend, so get a sucker. The sucker I bring him is the Texan. And? And I play Perry for the sucker. While the Texan loses, I bet against him and keep winning. Then when I got it all, I tell the Texan he's been taken by a rigged wheel. I figure this will make him mad at Perry. It didn't? No, the Texan turns yellow just because Perry pulls a gun on him. I quick turn out the lights there to shot and I flee with the dough, 50 grand. So for the murder of the Texan, you should have talked to Perry. I was talking to Perry and somebody killed him. You. That's what I've been trying to tell you, not me. <laughs> Look... all you got to do is let me go for a little bit, and I'll I'll lead you to the for-real murderer. Sorry. Let's go. You got it, Danny. You got it. I'll get the murderer
4: for you. Let me go. I'll make you let me go.
3: The little man took a swing at me, flicked my chin, and I pretended he'd knocked me cold. How I kept from laughing out loud at his surprised, bewildered, then proud face I'll never know, but I did. And I let Eddie go, because I believed him. To follow him, to get a for-real murderer. Or maybe to make an idiot out of Danny Clover. It was a chance I took. I watched him while he made a phone call. I watched him while he had some coffee. Then I watched him while he hailed a cab. And I hailed one, too. He stopped at an address I'd been to once before. I let him go in, and I waited five minutes. Then I went to the apartment where I knew he'd be.
2: I'm telling you to get out of here, Eddie. You don't
7: get him, You don't get
3: anything. You know, I figure it differently. How do you figure it, Eddie?
7: The policeman. Look, Eddie, they caught up with him.
3: Oh, Danny, you recovered. There's your murderer, Danny. I told you, give me a chance. It's Nelson here murdered Perry. Is that how you figured?
7: Take him out of here.
3: I'm repeating myself, Eddie. Let's go. No, no, listen to me. You've got to listen. She wants me to get electrocuted. That's why she did the whole thing. And you know something? I love her.
7: <laughs> My kicks for just now. Take him away. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Liz. Oh, <laughs>
3: You, you could have had the money, don't you understand? You could have had it. Now... You two play patty cake down on the pavement. I'm busy. What about now, Eddie? Don't you see, Danny? Don't you see what she's done? She kills Perry so I can sit in the electric chair for it. Why would she want to do a thing like that? Because she's greedy. She wanted all the dough for herself. Shut up, she... Eddie. Make him shut up. I gave her the money I won, and she said she loved me all over again. And I believed her. But when she heard the cops were looking for me for that rhubarb in the Olympian Hotel, she got cagey as all get-out. Kills Perry and books me solid with the executioner. You're an accomplished girl, Miss Nelson. You model, you pistol whip me in Perry's room, you kill Perry. Accomplished.
7: Uh-uh. Try again.
3: Don't be like that, Liz. Show him the money. All that money. Give it to Eddie, him. Eddie, you fool. Go ahead, Liz. The man's waiting. Give it shut to up. him. Shut up. Now, Liz.
2: I told you to shut up. I told you to... Watch it. Oh. Oh.
3: Drop that gun. Drop it.
2: Oh. It's a lot better. All oh, that money.
5: That money. He ruined it.
3: Eddie. Bad Eddie? I... I got a bad shoulder now, Danny. You're a fool, Eddie. She could have killed you. Yeah, I know. I didn't know whether she did it or not, what I said. But I had to find out. I loved her. I really did. (laughs) Eight beat revival meeting, and the lost souls wail to a hot trumpet and sax. It's a hunger, complete with syncopation and spinning neon. Grab your dream and dance a while, then try to look it in the face. You can't. It's a mask of terror. It's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat. We invite you to join us next week at the same time when Detective Danny Clover returns again with Broadway's My Beat. Waves My Beat is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed and conducted by Alexander Curry. The program is written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia. Included in tonight's cast were Peggy Weber, Francis Robinson, Eddie Quillen, Herb Butterfield, Jane Novello, and Anthony Barrett. Tom Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: In the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known. It is night in Midland City. On the 14th floor of the great Midland City Hotel, Mr. and Mrs. Harry Mumford of Dubuque, Iowa are retiring for the night.
7: Good night, Harry.
6: Good night, Mona. Harry? Yeah.
7: Do you hear what I hear?
6: Yeah. It's a tapping sound from outside the window.
7: Maybe you better look, Harry.
6: Okay. Mona? Yeah, Harry? There's some big bird out there flying around. It's tapping on our window.
5: What is it? A raven?
6: I don't know. Mona? Yeah? I think it's talking to me. The bird? Yeah. What's it saying? I can't hear. I'll open the window. Were you talking to me, bird? Yes, I was. What did you say? I wonder if I might use your telephone. Uh, Mona, the bird out here wants to use our telephone.
5: Local or long-distance
2: call?
6: Local. Okay, come on in. Thank you. My name is Chicken Man. I'm Midland City's white Wing warrior. Oh, my name is Rumford Dubuque. The person in the bed there is Mrs. Rumford, my wife. How do you do?
2: Hello, bird. Here's the phone.
6: Thank you. This will only take a moment. I didn't have any change. Oh, hello, Mother. This is Benton. Benton Harbor, your son. Yes, I'll be getting home late tonight, Mother. I just wanted to let you know. Fine, thank you. Goodbye, Mother. Well, thank you very much for the use of your telephone. I'll be going now.
2: Goodbye.
6: Thank you again. Harry. Yeah?
7: Wasn't it funny he had to call his mother?
6: Listen, birds do a better job of raising their kids sometimes than people do.
7: (laughs) Yeah. Good night, Harry.
6: Good night, Mona. Well,
0: just how late does the white-winged warrior plan to stay out this night? I mean, doesn't the feathered fighter need his rest? Be listening tomorrow for another exciting episode in the life of the most fantastic crime fighter the world has ever known.
1: You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Another example of greed getting the better of someone. Another good story. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. Tomorrow it's a new episode of Inner Sanctum Mystery, and join us next Wednesday for some more Broadway Is My Beat. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Benny, signing off.